PA Rut Reports, hunting, fishing, and outdoors. We are on episode 13.5, and we'll explain the point five 13. later. 13.5? What do you mean by 13.5? No. We had some technical <laughs> difficulties doesn't last time. Sense. doesn't make any sense. Uh, but anyway, I'm here with PA Rut Mike. What's up? PA Rut Rob. Uh, it is 18 days, 17.5 days. <laughs> 17 <laughs> days, six hours, man. Hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. 17.5 days. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're throwing too many point fives out there. I'm just saying. People are going to get it's confused. It's less than 18 days. 18. It is based on based on our website, parutreport.com. Based on our website, it is officially 17 days, 6 hours, 12 minutes, 15, 14, 13. That's pretty damn close. 11, 10 seconds until 5 a.m. on the first day of archery season. I will be in my stand for like an hour already when it when oh, the yeah. timer yeah. kicks off. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I can can I continue my introduction? <laughs> no. It always so gets we interrupted. Are here. We are here. Just here in case five. Just in case people are confused about. Thank you all for tuning in so, thus far. Uh, we had a little. We had a great guest on uh, last the last podcast we had technical difficulties we're trying to patch it together it's such a shame but we had game on here game on game on such a shame game it's on. A, it's a shame <laughs> that a shame. that we had the difficulties we did but um great guys that we had on here hopefully we can patch something together and make it happen no we'll say this we'll, we'll say this um this is episode 13.5 so the pure ep- the pure episode 13 will be a hybridized version of our podcast so uh, there's probably of the hour and five minutes of audio that we have. There's probably half hours worth of, and it's basically Sean from Game On talking of good quality. Footage well, that's good that we can cut out. We'll, we'll make some kind of promo piece that's probably less than twenty minutes long, but is specific to what Game On is and uh, why you should pay attention to it. Ultimately, we suck. And we apologize for that. Hold on. I wasn't here for that, so I don't suck. The 13th episode is really going to suck. But listen to it because Sean's a good dude. Don't don't do that. What do you mean 13th episode is going to suck? I'll tell you this right now. What's going to be the 13th? I would love to hear this. I would rather listen to the 13th episode than any of our 12 episodes before that. Well, he was pretty good. No, based on this. That's why I was so disappointed. Based on this. The 13th episode will be completely unique in relation to what we've done up until this point. So mm-hmm. we've done 12 episodes of a podcast. All right, all, all right. an hour long. They're all touch on four or five or six subjects. All have two or three guests. So this episode 13 will be a hybridized version of that where it's specific to Game On. So it's like a promo piece for Game On. But what Game On is, so people know what Game On is, is it's, a, it's a guy who is... Uh, specializing in cunning, cunning, cooking wild game, cooking cunning wild game. Cunning, cunning. <laughs> He's out there and it's like walking through the woods. Is, it actually makes sense, but it's like, is that Sean Bailey? Game. Sean Bailey, game on, game on. So anyway, game on. Anyways, episode thirteen will be uh, a like I said, hybridized version of our podcast. It'll be about twenty minutes long. It'll uh, segment and feature just game on. Getting back on topic. Jeez, <laughs> getting back on topic. <laughs> he goes, I can cut that. I can cut that out. So we've swore. We, we, we've, we've let F-bombs fly the last two episodes, and we do stuff that I didn't. Typically, yeah, that's Brad Brad and myself. Um, so typically, we try to keep it clean, and we'll keep it clean because we can now edit out stuff. But Brad's over here with his – is your headset done? Is it? Yeah, it's done. <laughs> you, had, you were like Technical performing surgery. Oh, there was surgery going on. We are a poor online no, or yeah. on the we're internet. Very, we're we're, we're very real in relation to uh, <laughs> if, if, if you could see if you could see if you could see what we're looking together. at right now. Tape here. The, the 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 amount of bush cans across the table, the disparaging headsets that were probably five <laughs> six years old. Brad's tearing his ears off. His now trying to get it to work. It's working. We spent the last forty minutes banging our heads against the wall trying to figure out why we couldn't record correctly. But here we are, episode 13.5. We're talking about um, the first day of archery season. I'm gonna, 17 I'm gonna, days, 6 I'm hours, on. and I'm on. I'm however I'm long. We're going to get off the whole. I'm going to cut you off, Mike. I'm going to cut you off. Imagine that. Wow. That's never happened. Yo, listen. Oh, ouch. Yo. 
your stuff was good, but like, I'm going to throw a plug out for ourselves. Yeah, there we go. And primarily for me, PA Rob, because I'm the only one that's done it yet. Other people will eventually, but we have a blog. Go to PA Blog. He's a blog hog. Go to the blog. I am a blog hog. There's two on there. Um, but we're going to be writing here over the next couple of weeks in relation to what's going on around. Uh, like we have, we have, we have. Yep. I always experts. thought I needed to go back. We have to experts. College, we have right? experts. We have experts. Experts in what? In everything. Everything. We have experts in everything. So look at our blog on a regular basis. We'll be pushing it out via Facebook. We'll also push it out to anybody that goes on our site and signs up for uh, a a rut report. What a rut report is is. We'll get to later on, but just go to PARreport.com or find us on Facebook and you can uh, check out our blog. All right. I got a question. Stuff. I'm going to cut you If you do that, we will give you a high five. <laughs> high five. High five. High virtual five. high five. Hey, listen, we still need the peacock, whole peacock thing, but I'm just going to let that slide. Um, I got to give a shout out, Brad. You'll appreciate this. I got to give a shout out to uh, GI Justin. He had to leave us tonight. Um, he has to be up for work early. Um, we had some technical difficulties, but as far as the bow tech work, I know he put a new string on your bow, got mm-hmm. you sighted in, dialed in tonight. How are you hitting? Um, it went really well. Shot uh, six arrows at 20, got me down to where I needed to be, moved out to 30, shot a really tight group there. And it actually went very, very simple. I uh, couldn't believe how easy it was. Very, very to... simple? Yeah. It, was... it went very, very simple? <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> We had some technical difficulties tonight. We're a Brad's, little later than we ex- than we expected. Brad's having some technical difficulties in his mind. But anyway, uh, it was much more simple than I thought it was going to be uh, with a new cable, new string. Uh, more simple. Uh, new site. Uh, adjusting everything. That's a nice site. You went well. By the way, that's a nice site. Very nice site. Uh, Episode 13.5. Way more simple. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the... Way, that's beautiful. You guys are killing me. No, but uh, I, anyway, I want to give Justin a shout out for went, that man. Yeah. he set me up and uh, um, came in here, and my arrows flew true, and uh, I was hitting the target where I needed to be. It was very, very simple. Well, you know, simple. <laughs> I'll say the simple <laughs> up there again. again. We need to get a uh, thesaurus. <laughs> we'll, we'll get an online thesaurus. thesaurus so you can look for other words, purpose. words similar to simple, but oh, a little bit different. So we'll go, yeah, we'll, we'll say thanks to G.I. Justin for being here for the last three hours with us. We were shooting bows. We are hanging out. We are uh, trying well, to make our stuff Two and a half hours of trying to get the podcast right. So, so. We got shout some out, business taken care of. <laughs> we got some shout business taken care of. Shout out to G.I. Justin. He is our resident archery expert. It is almost archery season, as we said at the beginning of the podcast, and I'll update you now since it's rooting. We are 17 days, 6 hours, 4 minutes, and 42, 41. 40 seconds away from nice archery season. Are you guys, are you guys like me? Listen, this cold mornings when you wake up, it's like the anticipation is finally, the switch has been flipped in the anticipation of it's almost like Christmas morning. The first day you're legally allowed to sit in your stand. I I mean, it's, I believe, I believe that is, um, instinctual in humans. I believe that's instinctual. If, if you look at evolution and you look at the way, Hold on. If we look at humans, what? if you look at if you look at the way humans have adapted over years, okay. so hunters, yeah. you're a hunter, you're, <laughs> you're, 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 you're he'll cover his butt up looking, real quick. You're looking at <laughs> you're looking at the picture hundreds of years ago when you had to rely on your ability to hunt. So you were in tune with the seasons. You're in tune with the moon. You're in tune with everything that affects. You were in tune with your stomach. Yes, that as well. <laughs> I mean, so so go, getting back to it. Um, I think I think when the weather gets a little bit colder, especially in those that like to hunt, myself included, you do. There is something that there's a boost in adrenaline. There's a natural boost in adrenaline when you feel like that season is coming, and it probably is seventeen instinct, days, six hours, and not that far away. <laughs> <laughs> Back to surgery for Brad. The headphones just blew up. Yes. That is a, yeah, there you go. 13.5. I take the old 13. stuff. 13.5. take the old stuff. The old, but yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what. I went out. I uh, put trail cams up. <laughs> Normally, I'm done before this time, but I uh, put my trail cams out a week ago. Went and pulled the camera cards I'm Sunday. You, and I'll tell you what, man. It was that anticipation. I didn't even make it home. I made it to Walmart because I know they had a photo center. <laughs> 
And I'm in there, and this lady's looking at me like, are you going to order prints? And I'm like, no, I'm putting five different cards in to see what's on them. And once I saw Horn, I was like, no, it's it, it, it was just how it's on. It's you should time. get You should get one of those little viewers. Like the old man has one of those little handhelds. You just take and plug your Listen, cards in. And I, have a, I have a little it's camera. Your, is it part of your ritual? It, it, Walmart it, it, is part it, of the ritual? No, my, my ritual is this, though. I Good. like to pull my cards. I don't like hanging around my camera real long because I, I do the scent thing while I'm going to my cameras. Multiple cards. Listen, I changed my card out. The there excitement for me for like Christmas morning is when I get home, I normally put them in my yeah, laptop. That's what I do. And it's that look sitting there, you know, I'm having a cup of, I drink hot tea. You can make fun of me. I don't care. It's cool. It's okay, man. Um, you drink tea all you want. I, I, I like my gourmet hot tea. I drink PA <laughs> <laughs> I'm a tea, a tea drinker. drinker. Listen, I go to Bedford, PA, yes. and I go to this little tea shop, man, and I get this Scottish breakfast blend. And I'll tell you what, man, I like to sit there and enjoy Just my go. tea, hang out with the dogs. And while I'm looking through these pictures, it's like Christmas morning. You take that straight up or? Yeah. Not put a little bit of sugar in it. A little bit of sugar. <laughs> little I'm little sweet little like bit. that. Just a little bit. A little bit of soy milk. Anyway. No, I don't put milk in it. I was trying not to. Robbie brought me into this. <laughs> I know. It, Rob brought me into this. It's, it's cool. Uh, I apologize. But it's that anticipation excitement of, of oh, yeah. seeing yeah, what's yeah, on the card. Yeah, yeah, and yes, yes. sitting there with a viewer, I, I don't know. Some guys do that, but I, I don't like to be around my stand sites or my camera sites for a long period of so time. So what you're saying is you are tea? so excited at the point of extraction I drink that, tea. You couldn't, that you could not walk an extra 400 yards away from your stand to put the cards in the viewer. No. It, I'm no. telling you, it's just... It's a, Why would you when you can put a new card in? You switch it out. You're, you're, you're it, it's my gig. You're no, I, I understand what, I'm what you're I'm saying. I'm good with Rob is. But... I get to the truck, and here's here, what it is. It's that it's that build up of anticipation of I jump in the truck, load my you know I load my four wheel up, jump in the truck. I'm driving home, and in my mind, I'm wondering, did I have a do I have a good setup? Do I have a good stand sight? Do I have a good camera sight? And then when I get home, I can actually sit down, and while I'm looking at it, I can go over in my head what where are the deer coming in, what are my pictures, am I looking at? I can put all the pieces of the puzzle together. You know what the greatest thing is? Whenever you go pick up a uh trail cam that you set over an old you know they scrape it up every year and you set that thing there you know a week and a half in advance you know it's coming and then all of a sudden you go about to pick up the memory card and there's a scrape in front of it and you're like oh man and you switch them out and you get in your truck and you're like i can't wait to get my computer and see what's that see what's here see what's going on here you know and you have 109 pictures and you're wondering what's which one's a buck you know and it might be 108 does but that one might be a buck and it it just pumps yeah. you up, you know. It, it, it can't beat it. That's That's just, a, I, I'll tell you what I enjoy not as much as seeing the pictures of the bucks. Obviously, that's the uh, coup de gras. But sitting down and looking at trail cam pictures where, like, I sit down with the old man. The old man's like, oh, come look at these pictures. And he'll be like, oh, turkey, there's bear, there's flying squirrels, there's raccoons, there's foxes, there's everything that walks through the PA woods. Mm-hmm. So the draw, I mean, obviously the draw is the, the horns. You want to see you want to see the big bucks. But there are also, I mean, you, you see everything. Yep. You see a little bit of everything, which is really, really cool. Yeah, I got a really big bear on the truck camera up at camp. Is that uh, the one you were showing me earlier? Yeah. Okay, it's a big boy. That's a big boy. <laughs> That's a big boy. 7.20 in the morning came through. Oh. Coming for you. <laughs> Come probably, right for never, me. probably never see him again it was just a fluke but that's the kind of things you can get on your truck oh it's definitely you can get cool it was coming right for di- you. different animals you can get fishers on there and um, the, the sightings of fishers are very few and far between something but, I, uh, I have witnessed them a couple of times on our property and i had a couple of times on trail camera um awesome animals but a lot of people won't see them we're I looking know. for mountain lions bobcat sasquatch I've never had a picture of a bobcat on my trail camera, but I've seen them while I was sitting on an archery stand. I I heard something um, this week, actually, this week, and just talking to some people. I was told that fishers, that they're actually fishers that are microchipped. Don't know if I believe it or not. I think we they, talked about this. So these are government fishers? Well, they were they were introduced. To, the, to, to help control the porcupine population. I've heard that. I, I, so I don't know if that's true or not because I heard that you're not allowed to harvest a fisher, correct? Yeah, that, well, you can think you shoot one now a year. One a year? If you have a fur taker's license. I wasn't sure about because I don't at any shoot rate, anyway. got, You're allowed to trap them. You're allowed to do anything. You get to shoot them, I guess. I'm not, And don't quote me on this because right. I'm not sure. But um, this guy is a trapper. I know that I think you can take one a year now. I'm not sure how, but you can take one a year now. Um, but 
basically they, when they put them out, they microchipped them all. So okay. I'm sure they have offspring out there. Um, but chances of you killing one, it's going to be chipped, especially if it's a big one. Right. They're huge. They're, they're, they're actually listen. big. I've, big, I've big saw one the entire time cat that I've been they're hunting, huge cat. and it was turkey season, early spring turkey season two years ago. No, I'm I'm definitely pumped. The biggest thing with my trail cameras, though, honestly, I love seeing the horn, but I'd like to see the doe on my trail cams. Oh yeah, I, I hunt does, does, and the fawns that they it's, have with them. Yeah, a lot of people look a lot of people look at trail cams just for bucks. You want that initial adrenaline, but you can learn <coughs> you can learn a lot from your trail cam. I like seeing does too. I like seeing where they're moving, when they're moving, why they're moving. Yes. I mean, we have, uh, for months and months and months, we have different minerals. We have different areas where I know that they bed. I know that they feed. It's taking a look at the trail cam pictures beyond the horns, beyond the bucks, and saying, this is what's going on in my property. This is where I should be. This is when I should be there. That's that's another draw of the trail cam. That oh, yeah. Find the does, you'll find the bucks. Well, and what's nice, believer, too, is firm believer in that. those pictures that I sent you guys today, I didn't put them up on, on Facebook or anything yet um but i have a picture of that 10 point buck that i have some pictures looks like a two-year-old some pictures actually looks like a three and a half year old being able to look with your friends then you know guys you hunt with or guys that we talk to saying hey what do you think of this buck what do you think of his age class what do you think of harvesting him those are kind of things that are fun too you know what i mean you can talk with your buddies you can say hey look hey i got this buck what do you guys think of him and then you can kind of get outside because yeah. you can see a set of horns and you can lock in on, man, this is what this deer is. And then you can see some other people. Because, Brad, you and I hunt relatively close. Our properties are I would are say really that our close. properties are. Within a quarter mile within of each a, other. Yeah, within a crow flies minimum or maximum a mile. Right. Rob, you're not. Simple. <laughs> very, very, very. Simple. Simple. But you can get some other opinions I mean, yeah, also. Yeah. I'm not that far from where you guys are at. No. But. But it, yeah, like like Pierre Mike is saying, it, it 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 is also something fun to sit down beside your buddy and say, take a look at these pictures. Mm-hmm. What do you think about this buck? Your interpretation of a buck could be 110 percent different than your buddy's interpretation of a buck age, score, uh, anything you're looking at. In that I'm regard. telling you what that 10 point shows himself. I'm I'm I'm, throw, I'm I'm slinging an arrow, but the first mature doe that comes in is getting heart punched. I'm just I got to do it. Heart punched. He pulled heart it punched. out. I, I pulled it out, pull man. Out. I like the heart, heart punch does. I even said does. I... Anyway. Hey, that was a cool video I got to say about you guys putting up about the uh, the skinning and the butchering. That's pretty oh, amazing. That's I'll pretty tell you amazing. What, I'm not going to – I'm going to try and do it. You know, the, the, the technique that he had was <laughs> You insane. sound like – that was like a dove. You sound like <laughs> a dove. That's what I was going for. It was insane. Periodically throughout the podcast, um, I'll make wild left noises. Just but the way he butchered, the way he skinned that deer off, where he skinned the 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 legs and the back first, and then he skinned the belly next, and then he gutted it out. That was pretty impressive. His technique on doing that, rather than how fast he was, I'm going to try that this year. I'm going to watch I the think, video again yeah. to see how oh, he yeah. did that and yeah. try and cut my deer. Up it's that it's way. worth watching. Yeah, okay. but the best part of it. Is the flare? So, if you're if you're a fan of, how about we'll, we'll like, take yeah, No, that's what that's what I'm getting to. That's what I'm getting to. If you're a fan, if you're a fan of rock and roll music, we'll say the '80s. Hair metal, hair metal drummers were very good at theatrics in relation to how they played and what they did while they were playing. I will have to. Agree. So, if you watch this video on our Facebook page, this dude that's butchering the deer in a minute, basically skinning butchering is making random cuts really quickly and every once in a while he'll spin the knife and stab it into the side of the deer rip the hide I off see him do the little grab, contour with oh the yeah knife. no he like, does it the whole time me? he does it the whole time crazy it's can impressive. we get him to come skin our deer for us i'm telling you right should. now dude I'll, I'll, i'm gonna get to that point someday. he's a rock star <laughs> he is a, he's a he is a rock star we should patent our own mock Deer, like like a like a like a deer dummy that you can mock. Butcher. How sharp that knife was and how fast he was moving, I would cut my wrist. <laughs> I would lose some limbs, fingers, wrists, cut arms. It could be anything. Hey, what's his fingernail doing in my baloney? Yeah, 
as fast as he was moving, as sharp as that knife had to be, there's no way. You know I mean you have to do them? That, I mean that's pretty much all he does. Oh, yeah, yeah. Them, the flare. Watch but, yeah. it. Watch it for the flare alone. But you'll watch twirling it. of the baton. Yeah. But it's not a baton; it's a knife. If you if if you've ever butchered your own deer, or if you just know how the butchering process goes, watch it because it's it's he's a he's a butchering virtuoso. Yeah, you have to be. It's a, like Mozart with a knife. You have to do your own to appreciate it. <clears throat> yeah, Definitely. I agree. I agree. Hey, did you guys see the uh, the uh, we had gotten a message from uh, Sean Bailey? Game on. No, was it Sean Bailey? No. Game on. Sean Bailey's game on. Somebody sent us a message, and I forget who it was. I don't want to say the wrong name. Um, about the the uh, hunter safety course and the sixteen year old thing. And oh yeah, I can't remember his name, but yeah. Um, I I tell you what, that was that was actually a good post. There was a lot of good feedback on that. There was a lot of good uh, responses to it. Um, I'm a. I, I wasn't understanding what he was asking. Though. He was asking. He was asking if you agreed with the fact that they have you can only an online, online sixteen to take online. that course. Not so much age. I mean, age age plays a role, but just the online aspect of it. He he made mention to the age range, which is sixteen, but it's it's it, like I said, it's more um, the online aspect. Why would you attempt to do something like that? online good 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 for you for trying to get more people involved by doing it but it yeah, like Pierre Mike stated in his uh, rebuttal to the my question, dissertation a dissertation a dissertation well, do you know that you lose there's different schools in Pennsylvania that have the well, every school in Pennsylvania has the first day of buck off first day of rifle season is off uh really yeah no it's a stay what holiday it is yeah and the first day lot, of rifle season in a is lot a of schools, public schools in Pennsylvania, public schools in Pennsylvania. Yes. That's the first day of buck season off. Yes. Yeah. The original question. I'm was, old, man. So the I original, the original question but, was asked to us by a gentleman by the name of Sean Golden. It was, I had the Sean part, right? Sean Golden from Uniontown, Pennsylvania. Well, listen, shout out, Sean. So Sean a lot of schools. We're talking about schools. A lot of schools, but a lot of, mm, we're just going to say schools. schools. Let's just make this take very, very, two, very let's simple. Make it simple. Take the yeah. first two days off. <laughs> I didn't want to put in anybody in a category, but take the first two days off for rifle season. Um, Glendale School is one of them. This Go Vikings. Here. That's where G.I. Justin went. They take the first Monday and Tuesday off. They are off the first Monday and Tuesday. But Hollidaysburg School District's not. Are you, tr- are, are you trying to get to the fact that you would like Schools I'm just to saying implement. That I think are that you trying to get to? Are you trying to get to the <laughs> fact that you would like schools to implement hunter safety courses in the same manner that they institute drivers and courses and yes, physical but ed- I would say not the not the schools that don't have a mass population of hunters. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. Glendale for area for instance has a that area alone has a mass population of hunters. All the kids in there, girls included, um, all of the hunt. kids. All I would say a, a lot of them. I think. I think what it's P, not that many. I think, I think if what we P, had a bullet point right now, we would be that's, there. That's where I'm, I, I think what PA Rob Brad is saying is, um, for for schools throughout the state of Pennsylvania, okay, <laughs> districts, school districts, school districts throughout the state of Pennsylvania with a high volume of hunters. There you go. A high volume of hunters. What 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 is available right now from PA Rob Brad is a uh, lesson plan slash unit plan for usage in curriculums for hunters education or outdoor education. So what we're looking to do or what PA Rut Brad is looking to do is get those high population hunting areas to consider the availability of offering hunter safety courses after hours for anybody that's interested. So you're taking a look at so like extracurricular. Yeah, yeah. You're taking a look at the the the, the mass population in a school district that eighty five percent of the males and forty five percent of the females hunt. So they have those two days off. The value that you add to the school district, the value that you gain from the people paying attention to the fact that you're doing it because people are interested in it. You could very well do a hunter safety course in the same manner that you offer driver's ed, in the same manner that you offer I mean, it, it's 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 completely viable. I would have gone. It's to more honest. viable than yeah. tennis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. 
It's it more viable than tennis. It is. So, Pierre, Brad, you can uh, elaborate elaborate on your lesson plan. You I was plan. just waiting for you to be quiet so I could. <laughs> <back in. laughs> and you guys, well, you guys are talking about me interrupt. talking a lot. Want, that oh, was in depth, gosh. dude. I mean, that was, was that was whole like a covered everything that I needed to say. <laughs> exactly. Um, That's why well, I like get to the what meat. I'm trying get to, to the meat. What I'm trying to tell you is it could be implemented in a lot of schools in Pennsylvania. Um, it has. I would been. say the majority, and it should be. It really should be. It would uh, absolutely, one hundred percent, up the percentage of Pennsylvania hunters if you had this available after school. I'm not talking about like six o'clock at night. Right after school, these kids can go there right after school, not get on the bus. Their parents can pick them up for a class on hunters' education. It would up the population of hunters in Pennsylvania tenfold, and yeah. this is our future. If we don't do something like this, the license sales are going to go way up, and nobody's going to want to buy them. There's going to be more outlaws. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be a domino effect, and that's how I feel about it. Outlaws. I, listen, I Endeavor. agree. Now I'm going to I'm going to play the advocate. I'm not going to play the advocate. Devils, I'm going to bring devils. Devils advocate. <laughs> I'm going to bring up a comment, and and I agree with this person. You can not only put your finger on the button and roll it over; you can blow through it. There's some people on there that had posted comments and I agree with them uh, about, you know, it's the parents responsibility to teach their children. There were some good counterpoints as far as, you know, not, there are some kids that would like to hunt because their friends hunt right. or their friend, you know, but the parent doesn't. I think it, it, it is a responsibility of a parent. If you're going to bring your child up and they want to be in the woods and they want to do those things to teach them that, but I also believe that you need to have qualified instructors yes. who have been trained in the outdoors. There's things in, in, in hunter safety course you don't go over. Learning how to blood, you know, blood trail. How do you get on a blood trail? What do you look for? What kind of sign do you look for if you lose a blood trail? You know, leaves being upturned, different things, uh, scouting, tree stand safety. There's a lot of things that you know, we take for granted, you go buy a tree stand. What do they give you? They give you a DVD and they give you a, a harness that will <laughs> feel really uncomfortable when you <laughs> set it up and put it in a tree. Yes. People do not understand, you know, not everybody understands how to set up a tree stand, how to do these things. I think the course needs to be a little bit more in depth. And I think if you did it in that school type setting, you could actually touch base on a broader aspect of even the outdoors, identifying plant species, identifying mm -hmm. tree species, identifying animal species so you think that it should be more of a outdoors course and at the end of it you acquire your hunter safety permit yeah because you think of us as hunters we're not just out there hunting we are out there being stewards of the outdoors and we're out there to learn the outdoors yes we need to pay attention to you know forest crops and we need to learn you know you can't just go in the woods and start cutting down trees to make shooting lanes you know if, if, if you own a property you're not just going to go in and start whacking trees down you know brother roy and i've talked about this a little bit you know you want to selectively do what's best for the forest and what's best for the forage of the animals. And there's things you can do and there's things you shouldn't do. Um, you, you, I don't think you should just go out there and dump a bag of corn. <laughs> you, you know, things like that. Agree. Agree. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think this is a uh, topic that we'll come back to after our break. Cause we're going to take a break right now. We're we taking a break. We're going to take a break right now. Can we take a break. I think we're going to take a break. Okay. That's simple. Um, so well, whenever you start the music, I'll close out. You want to? You want music? You can give me like a signal, like a hand signal, like Navy SEALs do. There you go. We got it. So we're gonna come back. We're gonna come back. We're gonna come okay. back. We're gonna come back to the hunter safety course and the uh, opinions of us here in a couple minutes. Keep talking to that was the signal. I saw the signal. That is loud. Sorry. <laughs> you'll, yeah, you'll, you'll pick up anyway, the next couple of You have been listening to Pierre Report. Hunting Fishing Outdoors. PierreReport.com. 13.5. We're back with you.
right, all right, all right, you're back. Pira Airports Hunting, Fishing, and Outdoors, episode 13.5. Point five. Part two. Uh, we're here Part with, two. Still here with Pira, Mike, Pira, Rob. <laughs> you say that like we shouldn't be here anymore. <laughs> no, we're still here. I'm, th- I'm going to do this by myself. Keep it simple for us, Brad. At <laughs> any rate. Very simple. simple for us. I apologize for not putting my words together in the first part, but we've been sitting here for two and a half hours. <laughs> Getting our uh, headsets oh, yeah. and our microphones dialed in correctly. And, uh, Is your headset still broke? If we could be sponsored by Bush, we'd be making a lot of money right now. Brad's so. brain. Anyway. Half of your headset's on the floor still. Yeah, my headset's on the floor. <laughs> technical, anyway, so, technical difficulties with Thank you for brain. tuning in. Uh, we're going to get bring you back with uh, the whole Hunter's Education um, system idea, whatever. As a summation of what we were talking about, before we took a break, yeah. um, the availability of hunter safety courses for kids who otherwise would not be able to take them. The initial discussion was started because of a gentleman who brought up the question uh, of why are a one why are they offering um, hunter safety courses online? Also, why is there an age stipulation with it? A gentleman named Sean Golden, Uniontown, Pennsylvania. Thank you, Sean. Good question, Sean Golden. Um, <coughs> So that's that's the that's that's the reason that's the reason we're continuing the conversation. So we're talking about uh, possibly influencing school districts throughout the state of Pennsylvania to consider offering hunter safety courses and or outdoor related courses for students who are interested in a can be an after hours session or after hours uh, scenario similar to drivers ed courses and or Speaking of driver's ed courses, that was, <laughs> that was, that was our core sponsor, Bush. Um, but no, um, Head for the mounds. If you're looking to influence, you know, we'll say this. If you're looking to generate revenue, which is the underlying meaning for everything that happens in the world. If you're looking to generate revenue, you're looking to, yeah, if you're looking to continue interest and you're looking to garner an audience, the state of Pennsylvania wants to sell hunting licenses because those hunting licenses go towards conservation. They go towards all kinds of different things for state funding. It would be foolish not to take the largest audience in the smallest area in one scenario and capture as many as you can. And that's in a school atmosphere. It's in a school atmosphere. The, the, the local school should be the hub of everything that goes on in the community. Why not have a hunter safety course at a school? Why not? Well, that's the thing. People would protest. They would say, we're not having this uh, nonsense in our schools. We are this, that, and the other thing. Um, but the bottom line is your kid doesn't have to attend it if they don't want to. Quit being butthurt. You're hurting your community. Oh, you got being, butt hurt dropped out. You are, yes. you are actively. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying, though? Yeah, it's no, you. Unbelievable. To, 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 to protest or to argue against or to Wine. fight against. Cry. That aspect of. You can. I, I, I understand if you don't want animals killed. Okay, I understand that. But your only focus is oh, you're killing an animal. Okay. Your kid you just doesn't shot. have to attend. <clears throat> well, then not only that, you're, you're shooting a deer. Okay, I'm shooting a deer. Well, okay, I'm shooting a deer. I'm stepping on a spider. I'm hosing down a bee's nest. We talked about this. Yeah, we talked about this a couple of episodes. It's, it's, it's purely contextual in relation to how you were raised. Racism. Everybody talked about racism. Oh, racism. Race, you learn racism. You're not born racist. Nobody's born racist. You're not born an anti-hunter. It is how you're raised. It's what you're taught. It's what or your what you see on are. TV or yeah. research on the internet. It's how you're influenced. It's not. It's it's you, you fighting against it is like fighting against education funding. Well, and the sad part is, uh, from from a management standpoint, um, the game commission's goal, as far as doe license allocations and hunting licenses, is to we are the largest effort to help control the population in the state of Pennsylvania for the game that is allowed to be hunt for yes. harvestable yes. animals. What happens is, and I'm a big proponent of, if you get, if you buy a doe tag, you buy a buck tag. If you do not harvest, if you harvest, you have to turn that tag back in. You have to send the tag in because if you don't send the tag in, what happens is when they go to do the numbers for next year for the allocations for licenses, those numbers are up and down based on what's reported. 
The other aspect is people that don't hunt that are animal rights activists and how inhumane it is do not understand the carrying capacity of an area. You can have more animals in an area than there's enough food for. So then we start, and we talked about this before, you start getting into the disease, you start getting the sickly looking animals, you start getting into the overpopulation. And when there's not enough food, the animals start to compete for food. It, 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 it is a hectic, crazy thing. And, you know, not all of us agree with the game commission and all everything they do. And there needs to be some legislative changes. But in that, they're doing somewhat of a, good job in the sense of they're trying to manage yes. what we have yeah another another aspect that people don't take into consideration don't 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 harvest your own animal don't don't fill your own freezer they have seasons for a limit by all means or for a reason for a limit simple simple keep it simple by all means please go to the grocery store and buy your meat at the grocery store where they make it I saw that article. Where they make the meat. They make the meat at the grocery store? Oh, of course they do. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. What have I been missing out on? Manufactured. Listen, I love venison. I love duck. I love goose. I, 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 lo- I love squirrel. I don't get out. I'm not able because of work. I'm, you know, it's tough to get out to hunt small game as much as I used to. But do I survive off of what I hunt? No. No. Do I, do I eat what I harvest? Yes, I do. Yes. I do not throw away meat. I don't, I'm not a person anymore. I went through the killing phase in hunting, and this is something I'd like to talk about on a later podcast. I think as hunters, we all go through stages, and I think one of those stages is the killing stage. Oh, yeah. I, Young just, adrenaline. It, Young it, adrenaline. It happens. Here. I'm at the point now where harvesting an animal is out of, it, it, it's a respect issue for me. If oh, it's yeah. a doe, okay. if it's a buck, if even if it's a, something as simple as a squirrel, it's a different stage of my hunting career. Well, tell you, yeah, I, I agree. You, I agree with you fully in regards to that. Yes, it's it's it it shifts as you go. Um, going back to what what you had stated earlier, just from a population control standpoint, you take a look at certain areas throughout the state now that are adopting these deer culling programs. You know what a deer culling <laughs> program is. Well, hold on. Basically, culling. Culling. C u l l i n g. It's culling. 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 Deer culling. It's what did we call those? Were they pens? No, they weren't pens. We weren't allowed to call them pens. Corrals. 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 Yes, there was a name. Corrals. Okay, I'll tell you. If you're unfamiliar with what this is, we talked about this in episode like four or five, maybe. in episode four. So, if you're unfamiliar with what it is, it's basically taking a big pen, trapping deer in pen, and then killing the deer that walk into the pen. Okay, so overpopulation of animals. Let's say Once they got six in there, they were shooting yeah. them off. Every hundred dollars a damn, yeah, that's damn deer. The, the gross part about it is that, but if you take into consideration the concept of overpopulation, why are these communities doing these deer calling programs? Why are they doing it? Because there's an overpopulation of the animal in a populated area. People are running into them with cars. They're eating plants. They're doing whatever it is. Uh, but no. another side of that is those the disease. people built their developments in their backyard. And, yeah. Well, yes. Another side of it is the disease aspect of it. it okay. Is. So you want us to stop in Pennsylvania? You want us to stop hunting? Okay. We'll stop hunting. You stop hunting for a year. Every liberal, and I'll use that term lightly. Everybody that we use that we oh use that gosh. term liberally. Now we're getting into politics. Liberally, yes. thirteen point five episode thirteen point five. Well, we are politics. You, now. There can be there can be. I mean, anyway, I'm go not on. a fan of politics. Every, everybody, everybody that says no, you shouldn't hunt because it's inhumane. Okay, okay, we'll stop hunting. You come to us in a year and a half when the deer population has quadrupled. And they're in your backyard, and you're running to into them with cars, and they're fighting in your front yards, and there's there's wild deer everywhere. You come to us, and while the government institutes culling throughout the state of Pennsylvania, where your son or daughter walks out on their front porch and watches innocent animals sitting in a cage getting gunned down. Corral. Corralled. Corral. Corralled and getting gunned down. And guess what? Your tax dollars are paying for this. Yes. Your tax dollars are paying. You are funding. You're funding all of this. Okay. Is your opi- has your opinion changed? Six. That guy killed six. Yes. Dude, that's eleven hundred dollars. Or no? Yes. How much was that? Six times five. That's what. Well, just let's. So you take away 
You take away honey. You take away. <laughs> I can't you take, right now. You take away. <laughs> you take away the Thank revenue. You, you take a. You take away the revenue that's coming into the state first. Nobody hunts. Nobody pays for hunting licenses. All conservation throughout the state of Pennsylvania. All wildlife management units. All um, sanctuaries, state parks, everything that goes on in the outdoors. You might as well shut that down too. Okay. Well, no, it's not going to get shut down. What What will happen is taxes will go up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because That's true. Yep. people like to walk in the state parks mm-hmm. and they like to swim at state parks and they like to do things at state parks. Well, in order for those areas to be maintained, now the tax dollars are going to have you know the the per capita tax or uh, what would it be the real estate tax would have to go up to supplement that yep. money has to come yep. from somewhere. Yep. So yep. if it's not yep. coming yep. from hunters for culling deer, I would be interested to see the amount of money that. Uh, the percentage from hunting licenses that actually goes to things that aren't hunting related. And I bet you it's, it, oh, it's I bet it's, you it's 50%. It's probably more than that. It would, it would have it depends, to be. I mean, it depends on what you take I into. I'm pretty sure they paid a guy from Virginia or West Virginia to come up and do this. No, he was actually from Pennsylvania, Brook, Brookville, Brook somewhere. Mm-hmm. Was he from PA? He, he was from PA. He was a, he was a biologist. A he was a wildlife biologist. culling expert. Culling. In a corral. I'm a deer calling expert. Six. I've, called, <laughs> I've called myself many deer. I've never trapped them in pens, but I guarantee you I could walk out in the outdoors. Can you imagine if they paid me to go? No, I'll no, tell you this. For $500 to kill I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I'm I'll, killing four deer. Four I'm good, mu- dude. You have four months to kill as many deer as possible, $500 a piece. I'd be. The I'd other- be. I'd be, I'd be a millionaire. Yeah, I'd be good to go. I'd be a millionaire. I've seen you guys. I've I'd seen some of the trophies. I'm just saying, you guys might make a couple hundred bucks, but after that, I'm just. What it, was a, it was a joke. It was it's, a joke. It's sheer numbers. Here's my other issue with sheer that: numbers. you are not deciphering about what you're killing either. Right. I mean, it, it, okay. Do you want to take out the older animals in a herd? Do you want to? You start shooting all the young ones. Mm. You know, you start running well, into genetic problems. That's a, that's I mean, a very, that's a very good point. They were down in one spot on them. Well, no, no, six of them. Another. <laughs> Listen, the ones that have spots are coming in ten. That's some tender meat. I mean, I can't. I can't really. I can't. Get, it's tough for me to get excited about this conversation because this guy killed. He had corrals. He had. Oh, you go back to culling. But wait, wait, wait. He but, killed six. To cut, to cut you yeah, off. Yeah, but there was some to sabotage. Cut off, to stuff cut you off real on. quick. Whatever. To cut you off real quick. Another good aspect of what Pierre and Mike just brought up. Technique. Another aspect of what Pierre and Mike brought up is. The majority of ethical hunters and the way that hunting licenses are issued and antler restrictions and all kind of the, the, the sheer fact that you can't just walk outside and shoot any deer that walks past you. There's reasoning behind that. There's reasoning behind that from a uh, not only an ethical standpoint, but a management standpoint, management standpoint a, a preservation of that animal standpoint. So if you're culling deer, the majority of people that are assuming that you're culling deer, anything that walks into that pen is dead. Anything. Fawn. Doe. Doe carrying fawn. 12-point buck. Spike. Button buck. Everything's dead. 12 points are way too smart to walk into a corral. Uh, I've seen a couple 12-points <laughs> that probably walk into a corral. <laughs> In those densely populated areas, have you ever... Uh, I'll use Ohio as a good instance. Drive through... I mean, it, you drive through Pennsylvania in areas where there's houses every 50 yards. You never see deer. You drive through Ohio. You drive through rural areas. You drive through relatively populated areas. There's 12 points playing in people's yards. I will, I, I will have to agree with you because oh, yeah. one of the places I hunt in Ohio, you're you're sitting in a two-acre plot of woods, and there's you're around houses, you're around you know, there's there's businesses. I mean, it's just it, it's. Well, I'll you know, tell you, whenever, you spot, whenever you spot a field in Ohio, if they allow spotting there, there is no spotting in Ohio. Okay. Let's not even get to that topic. If there's you no were spotting. to spot a deer or a field in Ohio, you'd be breaking the law. Shame, shame. Buck to deer ratio. A lot closer to what it should be than in PA. In PA, we do not. We we have a three to one ratio and that's, that's, that's here right now. Six, six dose down there it's it's a three to one four to one ratio in pa but uh getting back to i i i like what rob was saying the herd the herd management is is herd. a viable aspect of what hunting helps do as well and that's what the game commission is is yeah. honestly well, one of the biggest job. thing is and, and that's why if with your tags and you know i know I, I hear this with guys at work and i hear this with other guys 
oh, you know, I shot this little six-point buck, and, you know, he wasn't big enough for me, but at least I got a buck, so I'm going to still hunt a buck. And, you know, I shot a doe, and I don't buy doe licenses anymore. That, okay, for you, you're that one guy that does that. But here's what happens. That hurts us all as a whole as hunters. To report your harvest, regardless if you got or if you harvested or not, is the right thing to do because that's where these doe tag numbers come from. We were talking a little bit earlier about yes. uh, 2C. How many doe tags were issued this year? Twenty thousand, over thirty thousand. Thirty thousand. Okay, now but that I think was, the, was that a that decline from last year? Oh yeah, it's like yeah. thirty thousand decrease. Thirty thousand decrease. I guarantee you. I would have to check that out. That a I'm percentage sure. of that drop became was because of. I know some of it was the CWD tags, but probably some of that was because of people not reporting. Reporting. Yeah. And then the well, game commission has to do a guesstimate of. Okay, this is what we think. Yes. Well, it's, it, we'll take it back to the originating point that we were talking about earlier. Instituting or allowing uh, hunter safety courses to be taught at the school level. If you want to institute um, tracking of kills, tracking of harvests, ethical tracking of harvests, because you should. You should. It's, it's valuable to the state. It's valuable to everything that we've been talking about. If you want to institute that, if you want people to pay attention to it, what better place to start than in the school? There is no better place. It I just agree. it just makes sense because it's all viable and it's all relative to the amount of money that you will eventually pay in taxes. It is. It's like um, school districts come up with budgets every year. Imagine if a portion of what was gained through offering hunter safety courses at the school, whether it's sales of licenses or anything else, a portion of that went back to the school district. I mean, there's, there's, there's cross-pollination in that regard. That would that help the offset of oh, yeah. some, some tax? A lot of stuff. I mean, it, otherwise, otherwise, it's it's more for you. It's more for the, the, the Joe homeowner that lives down the street from the school. You're, instead of paying $700 in property taxes, you will pay 1400 next year. It's all relative in that regard. You should hunt. You and should the buy a hunting aspect license. of the... And also the aspect of more than a two-day course or a one-day course for a hunter safety course, which I understand the basic principle of it, and I agree with oh, yeah. 100%. The rod and gun clubs, the, the shooting clubs, they are dying off. Yes. They yes. are not, you know, people are not as in tune to hang out and go to the shotgun shoots and the arch. It, it, it's not like it used to be. To get those back, I don't know if that'll ever happen. No, there's no, it never will because as a society, we're lazy. Yes. All, all, all these agree. kids are lazy. Completely agree. All the parents of the kids are lazy. Nobody wants to take their kid outside. Nobody wants to hike. Nobody wants to <laughs> Here, camp. I'll buy you a video game. Yeah. yeah. Here, sit in front of the TV. Let but that raise you. One of the crazy things for me is... Because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm big into the management aspect, and the management just isn't with the animal; it's actually the land. If we can get these kids interested, and and through school or even through, you know, you know, rod and gun clubs and and different other clubs, like I was just at the uh, 4-H archery shoot for the busted knocks up in Cambria County Fair. Just GI Justin and I were up there. Um, we got to we got to speak to some people, watch these kids shoot. I asked these kids a question. Now all these kids were competitive archers. I asked the question, how many of you guys hunt? And two-thirds of them raised their hand. I'd, I'd say 80% raised their hand. Then I asked, out of all you guys, because they were bow shooting, out of all you guys who raised your hand, how many of you bow hunt? That whole 80% turned into 100% of those kids, same kids, put their hands back up. I was able to share with them, it, it, you know, the sport of archery, they're our future. They're the, the, the next generation that's going to carry the tradition. They're going to carry the values and the morals of what we love to keep going on for their future generations. But on top of that, I was able to talk to them a little bit about being the stewards of the outdoors. And that's when you're fishing, when you're hunting. You know, you can teach your kid to go out and how to handle a gun. You can teach your kid how to cross a fence or go around a log. You know, we can teach our children that and we can teach other people that. But things that you don't ever really think about is how often have you walked through the woods and you see trash on the ground? Do you stop and pick, pick that up. piece of trash up the- and, and, and teach the person you're with, even if it's a buddy of yours, and they look at you like, well, why would you stop and pick that bottle cap up? Because you know what? It's been here for 10 years. It's still going to be here for yep. 10 years. You know what? I'm doing my little bit of a part. Yep. Yep, yep. 
those are the things beyond the hunting aspect and the harvesting of an animal that we need to teach our youth because agreed those are the things we don't talk about in a hunter safety course the the gun safety is important you know they don't teach it really anything when i the last hunter safety course i was at my it would have been five years ago with my youngest son um he's 18 now they touched on archery and everything they touched on archery was all the material was old and outdated. It was from so the eighties. Guarantee it's archaic. And our archery, our sport of archery, from hunting to target shooting, has changed so much in that time period. Yes. That okay, firearm safety is huge, but how many people do you see go out and buy a crossbow and think, oh hey, a crossbow is like a gun. I can just shoot it because it's got a scope and it's easy. You are harvesting an animal with with a traditional weapon. Yes. With an arrow, it you don't have the same shock effect. You don't have the same ballistic damage effect to an animal it, it it's a little bit different than shooting one with a rifle yes it's they it's don't talk to kids about different. shooting you know shooting while an animal's running how many times have you guys been in the pa woods in rifle season a deer's running you're hunting public ground and the next thing you know there's 50 shots going off shooting at the same doe and actually winds up being a button buck every year every you year. know people want to get online and talk about hey you know it's our parent it's our responsibility as a parent well the whole brown it's down attitude has to change you know, Agreed. if we want to hunt and we want to harvest better animals, we want to harvest the cream of the crop so the next cream of the crop can come after it. We need to stop shooting button bucks and people can get pissed off at me if they all they want. We need to stop shooting button bucks. If you're a kid and you shoot a button buck, dude, rock on. Yes. You know what? Shoot whatever makes you happy because you're young enough. But when we get to be an adult, we need to become the stewards. It's not completely the game commissions. It's our responsibility. Yeah. So you know what? We need to... Stop the brown, it's down. Stop oh, the, there's, there's, hey, I'm shooting at yeah. it when it's running. Dude, I can't hit a deer when it's running, and if I did, I'm not bragging about it. There is no there is no reason at all to not know your shot. Not once in my lifetime have I not known my shot. I've never shot at a deer and questioned what it was and just shot at it because it had horns. I'm not shooting at it until I know <laughs> exactly. I've never killed a deer in Pennsylvania over 100 yards now i know there's guys that hunt ridges and they hunt long distance shooting and that's cool and i respect that i'm not good at that and i don't even shoot like that but when you talk about the reality of hunting in pennsylvania big woods the shot over 100 maybe 150 max if you're hunting a field i 100 percent agree you were not guaranteed of what you're shooting at past no, 150 yards not at all there is too many variables in the woods. You have no idea if there's somebody else sitting there, a guy's walking with his kid going to their <clears> – <throat> I mean, there could be so many things that yep. could happen that we don't think about because we get that adrenaline. That goes back to the phases of hunting that we go yes. through. Yep. You know, I've made my mistakes. I'm not sitting here saying, oh, hey, oh, I'm perfect. Pure. I've never just taken – You know, Listen, dude, that excitement has come in, and it's oh, yeah. like – But that's the stewardship of the classes and, and getting a more in-depth – knowledge of the outdoors and how things operate yep you know i love archery season because i cannot hunt a white-tailed deer and white-tailed deer are my passion i cannot hunt a white-tailed deer in a more natural setting than in archery season no yeah you won't find you have an animal come in and it's it's i want to say it's at ease it doesn't Mm -hmm. know i'm sitting there in a tree maybe it does but it comes in and it's grazing and it's taking its time now if i spook it when i draw or i move or something those are lessons that we can only learn in the tree stand. Right. You can't teach that in a, in a course. But when you when you harvest an animal at 15, 20, 25, 30 yards, and I don't want to say any further than that because that's getting a little crazy, it's a completely different ball game than when you're sitting there with a rifle in your hands. So there's a to, – to, to, I mean, to sum it all up, um, there there's a lot of value in education. Uh, there's a lack of education throughout the state of Pennsylvania in relation to – what the outdoors are, the importance of the outdoors. There's no emphasis outside of the game commission, outside of clubs, outside of people like us or other groups similar to ours that care about it. It's uh, important. It's fleeting, unfortunately, just based on society. Uh, we should pay attention to it. And yeah. I think that I think that's what we are. I mean, this is a part good, of what we are. This yeah. is a good moment for us to kind of throw that out there. I mean, I know we've had some pretty cool podcasts and we've done some cool things, but. You know, for people to truly get to know the passion that I think that we have, we have yeah. you know, we love to hunt. We love to be in the tree stand. We were talking about early season archery, but our passion is 
the future of this sport because for us to enjoy it in our later years, we need the younger generation to know what they're doing and to be respectful and to have that passion that we had. That's our that's our tagline. Our our organization, PA Report, is dedicated to strengthening the tradition. Your interpretation of what the tradition is can be different, but ultimately it's outdoors. The value of the outdoors for the individual. Those individuals uh, need to be our youth. Need to pay attention to what they learn, how they learn, why they're learning it. I know you guys are. I know you guys are campers, right? You guys. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I know Rob probably out of all of us is the most camperish type dude. Camperish. Camperesque. Have you ever learned lessons that you can parallel or relate to your hunting that you've learned just through the camping or the being in the outdoors? I'll say yes, um, and I'll take it beyond. uh, we'll, We'll say a step beyond that. I've learned more. In the outdoors, hunting, fishing, camping, being outside, than I've ever learned in school in relation to how I live right now and what I appreciate and how I adjust to things that are going on in my life. You can learn more by sitting outside in nature than you can in a classroom to a certain extent. Patience is a virtue is one of my uh, favorite sayings patience patience is a virtue and there's no better way to teach patience to a child than to have them outside understanding and appreciating what nature is what it gives us what you can gain from it throughout your life there's nothing better patience is important patience is waning in our society nobody has patience anymore (laughs) we're in a fast food society yes everything is disposable microwavable i think brad has had some patience good catch i think brad has had some patience and his virtue is about up because he has something up on his phone i'm interested to see what he has um it just was we were talking about the doe tags yeah how they cut them in some areas and gain them in others and whatever and kept them the same is this simple right around this area 2c uh Cut from thirty-eight thousand to thirty-one thousand. So that's seven thousand tags that All have right. been eliminated. Right in their back door, four A, bump from twenty-eight thousand to thirty thousand. So that's two thousand. So that's about a five thousand dollar, five thousand dollar, five thousand tag difference. Four <laughs> yes. D stayed the same. That's right on their back door as well. And they bumped the the bottom line. They 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 cut the tags down by thirty grand. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is like a money thing. We're still, we're still we'll talking in, about culling. We'll put it in that context. Money. They cut the oh. tags down by 30,000. 30,000 tags. 30,000 less, 30, less tags but yet than they last year. bumped the DMAP tags, the disease management area. Yes. CWD yeah. tags. CWD. Yeah. Yes. But at any rate, they bumped them up, I think, by from 11,000 to 17,000. And that was the total. All right. So what do we? I mean, so we we have you bump them down less, that much. We have, and then we have you bump them up here. <coughs> we have we have less than a minute. So, well, I, I listen. I think we had. I, I think this was a very. Yes. I, I think this was a solid podcast as far as us having a, a, a sincere simple. conversation sincere. about simple sincere. It wasn't that simple, but a sincere conversation about hunter education, hunter responsibility. You know what our viewpoints yeah, yes, are. Yes. I think you know you got to. Look, I think our view, our, our viewers. I think our listeners got to. I was a Brad there for a minute. I think our view, better our listeners got a better understanding of who we truly are. Yeah, yeah. Dedicated to strengthening. See, we tradition. can be serious. So, PA Row Report, PA Row Report dot com, um, ScaredFishList dot com, Hungamunga, Hungamunga. New one coming in, maybe Come new flex. I'm shooting them. New flex. Let you know how they work flex. out. We'll have. We'll all be shooting them. We'll have some more reviews for you in the future. Um, but thanks for tuning in. Episode 13.5.5. Game on. Game on. Oh, yeah, game on. Game on. on. Looking for a soul to steal He was in a bind Cause he was way behind And he was willing to make a deal When he came across this young man Sawing on a fiddle and playing it hot And the devil jumped up on a hickory stump And said, boy, let me tell you what 